Hi, I'm Callista. And I'm Allison, and welcome back to I Don't Know to Talk About Politics. I almost said, I don't know what's talk politics, which is not correct. No, it's not. Welcome back to I Don't Want to Talk About Politics, a podcast where we discuss the issues you don't want to talk about around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Um, we're back to our school schedule of very late night recordings of episodes. Very much so. We <laughs> started a little earlier, and we were like, and I was like, this is nothing compared to what we used to do at school, and like, mm-hmm. now we're getting close to it. Close. I think we started the Earth Day episode at like 1am, because both of us didn't have class the next day. I feel like it was closer to 2. I probably look bonkers to my roommate the fact that i would come in at like 3 a.m and then wake up at like noon yeah mm-hmm. but i didn't have class on wednesday you're like i promise i'm not partying like i'm not out partying i'm not at partying and i wasn't skipping class i don't have i didn't have class on wednesdays and fridays oh uh-huh. this year unfortunately i have class on both days because I really didn't want, because of my writing class, I have a 9 a.m. writing class, but I'm actually mm-hmm. really excited because it's writing in 21st century workplace, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Close is lucky. Close is like, I have one class that I get to go to, and then I have no other classes. I have two. I have one on Monday, and then one that's Tuesday, Thursday. So I only have three classes a week total instead of... Well, okay. I also have online classes. I just only have to be present mm. for two classes. Close to how was your week? It's been good. I've just been finishing up my homework. Mm-hmm. I finished my last summer class next week. So close. But I am to the point where I'm like, if I don't do this part of the assignment, how low will it drop my grade? That was me because my class is so stupid. I so it's training and development, which is build basically developing training programs. Mm-hmm. And part of my assignment is to do a training program, like the training program that I've designed over video or like a Zoom meeting with like some friends. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bore my friends. We are all busy college or busy with summer. We are busy in college, but what are you supposed to be training me on? So I did mine based on um like issue made up issues at my work, so at the fabric store. So I'm like, I don't want to bore my friends. I don't want to bore my family. I'm mm-hmm. like, if I just don't do it, how many points is it? It's like 40 out of 200. And I have a 99.89% in the class. Look at you. So I'm like, if I just do everything else. You have like premature senioritis. I feel like November of this year, you're going to be like, do I need to turn in this assignment? Because like you're at the point, like, well, how much can like one class affect your GPA if you graduate like two weeks from then? Yeah. And it's, like, never going to matter ever again after you get your first job. Exactly. 
felt like you're going I to just like, I'm like, okay. But I should do it correctly. But, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, so I've been working on that. And then just been house-sitting. Mm-hmm. Cat-sitting. And babysitting. And any other way to randomly make money. Just to sit. Any way of the way to sit. Yeah. Because like, I just sit on a chair. Yeah. Any way to make money. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not graduating. Mm. So explain to me how much coffee you've, or caffeine you've intake, it, okay. have taken in today. Okay. It's not as bad. Okay. So you know COVID. We all remember COVID, right? Hmm. Um, COVID. I was a junior in high school. When I was a junior in high school, when COVID started, and um, I remember um, I would when I was I I also had like just started working, and I um, would go to Roths and I would get the Starbucks coffee energy drinks, uh-huh. and I think the most amount of caffeine you're supposed to intake a day is like a hundred milligrams. Uh-huh. Those have 425 milligrams of caffeine. Uh-huh. And when I wasn't, like, when I wasn't working, well, when I wasn't working, when only, when I wasn't working, because I didn't work very much, um, like, first starting, and then just not going anywhere because of school, and we were just doing school at home online, and even that I never checked into, so I was giving no energy to anything when I was mm-hmm. just doing dance like 20 hours or more a week yeah. I just didn't sleep for like three months <laughs> I slept for like two hours a night like for like three months straight and all I would do is drink caffeine all day like I would just Terrible. sleep for like two hours during the day and then I would just be up all night <laughs> I reorganized my room six times like fully like moved all of my furniture around six times throughout the course of like three months i did that at 1 a.m last semester it's actually <laughs> so my freshman year at gcu me and my roommate we can always tell when something was wrong because we rearranged our dorm room so many times like anytime somebody rearranged their desk it was like oh they had a bad day their classes aren't going well they're stressed something happened we would just be like, your desk is rearranged. Are you okay? It's like the most girl thing to do when like 2 a.m. you can't sleep and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? Start a project. Uh-huh. Callista, I have gained and lost and gained and lost and gained lost motivation to reorganize my bookshelf. It's been a project I've been working on the entire summer. Still have not completed it. <laughs> and I start packing anyways. Uh-huh. So there's no point in me reorganizing it. Yeah. When I'm taking half of it with me this year, so. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my week's also been mostly working. I read a book outside today. I was quite proud of myself. Um, I've decided to jam my entire reading goal into, like, one month. So that's not, that might be happening. Uh huh. Um, but I don't work tomorrow, so I just have a meeting for 
my other job at the Hulk County Fair. Um, so I just chill. Also, next week is National Girlfriend Day, and I've been dropping some not so subtle hints to my boyfriend for like two weeks now. <laughs> I just send him TikToks all the time, and then today, um, I was like, just to let you know, I have August 1st off, and he responds, National Girlfriend Day. I was like, oh, how'd you know? <laughs> but he did buy me, okay, if anyone's seen the Barbie movie, which we're going to talk about at the end of the episode, um, if anyone's seen the Barbie movie, he bought me the sweatshirt for it. And I'm so happy. Close I'm gonna send you a picture. The Ken one? Yes. You showed me the picture the other day. He bought he me said, this- I want this sweatshirt so bad. And he bought it for me. It comes August 4th. Aw. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I responded, I said, I'm so excited. And he goes, that's all I want. <laughs> I look so cool. Everyone's gonna look at me and be like, look at how cool she is. Before we get into the main topic of this week, we wanted to shout out another podcast called All Our Little Messes, who messaged us on Instagram asking us a question. And we had a very nice conversation with them. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember what her name is. Do you remember what it is? No, unfortunately not. Um, I believe she's a mother of two toddlers. She does like a parenting podcast and so it's on like gentle parenting, healing religious trauma, um, a couple other things kind of about breaking generational curses. I'm Mm -hmm. very excited to listen to her podcast and we truly hope that we can collab with her someday because it'd be very fun. Yes. Um, her trailer is out. She's all available on Spotify, a whole bunch of other streaming services. She also has a Patreon um check her out on instagram which is at all our little messes i believe or i think if you just look it up check them out we also follow them so you can just check our followers as well and her first official episode comes out august 3rd 2023 but i believe if you are a patreon subscriber it should have already been out i'll go i'll listen to it on the plane it'll be my plane podcast Mm -hmm. well one of them i am flying across the country that day on your way back, you can uh, watch SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you starting or am I starting? I can start. Okay. So, as Allison titled this section of news, women just want to have abortions because we have two abortion stories about women who just really wanted to have an abortion. Which is completely wrong, but it's fine. Um, a lady throws up. Yes, you heard me correctly. A lady threw up while defending abortion. Oh, I thought she was going to throw up a baby. I did not think that was that way. That did not go where I expected it to go. Because <laughs> I thought you were going to say she threw up a baby appeared out of her mouth. I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, what in the reverse abortion pill is this? Like, everything's going out of your mouth instead of elsewhere? (laughs) So a woman in Texas is suing the state of Texas, which I always find it so funny when people are like, I'm suing the state. I'm like, you can't sue the state. The state is 
the place. Yes, you can. But when it said that's why states have attorney attorney generals. No, I know that. But when people say I'm suing the state, it's like my brain immediately goes to like the actual place, the physical place of the state, and I'm like, you can't you can't sue a state. But you can sue a state. Okay. (laughs) So a Texas woman while testifying in front of court threw up because she was what? Oh, I just wanted to mention I don't know if you listen, I can't remember what episode it is. It's um I think it's what the heck is a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get the joke like in the moment and it was a good one. And then I I don't know if you listened to I think it was what I'm pretty sure it's what the heck is a libertarian. Uh-huh. Whatever came out before I didn't get the joke, and so I went back in and I, <laughs> I submitted an audio clip of me acknowledging the joke. By the way, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that because I didn't get the joke, and I just wanted to give you credit for it. <laughs> you know what we were talking about when I made the jokes? I'm finding it. Oh, you made a a point about oil based paint. Oh, so that would have been Sound of Freedom. Okay, it's Sound of Freedom. God's children are not for sale. Because we didn't end up doing pop culture after what the heck is a libertarian. Okay, let me find this. Are we ready to conclude this episode? We are, in fact, ready. This is Editing Allison. I just wanted to pop in here real quick and say that the joke that Callista made went completely over my head and I now understand it. I'm going to credit her with it because oil-based paint does stop oil. That is very funny. All right, back to the rest of the episode. <laughs> I just wanted to give you the credit that you deserve. <laughs> Amazing, but it's- Thank you. It goes completely over my head. Like, I did not realize until I was editing it. I definitely did not realize either. Um, or, no. I realized you did not get it because you just continued talking about something. And I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, that was really funny. But I'll just <laughs> sit over here <laughs> laughing at myself. I don't know why I got it. Didn't get it. Because that's something I definitely would get, like, any other time. Yeah, because I was like... I honestly want to know if they were using oil-based paint. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went through. I, I had to label it, so I labeled. I like split it, and I labeled. I said "post oil-based paint," and then I went back in and I recorded and added that on there. <laughs> That's great. That's supposed to give you the credit that you deserve. Uh huh. Okay, back to what you were talking about. Sorry, I meant to tell you that earlier, and I knew there was something I was getting. I'm just going to restart that, because I feel like... Yeah, we got... I, I don't know where you cut me off. Yeah, I raised my hand to wait for you to finish. I didn't expect you to stop in the middle of a sentence. Oh, sorry. Okay, no, so... Good. A lady threw up while testifying a lawsuit against the state of Texas over its abortion bans. So Samantha Castellano 
is one of 13 women. <laughs> Alice is dying. <laughs> you have an accent. <laughs> Sometimes I have an accent and I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it goes by my whole theory from last episode that Spanish was supposed to be your first language. Uh-huh. Except that I literally took so much Spanish and could always talk or speak like one or two sentences. <laughs> Is one of 13 women and two OBGYNs, which, okay, just gonna not get mad about that. Who are suing Texas and asking a judge to define what constitutes a medical emergency under the state's abortion laws. Because I believe Texas is, I don't know what their law is down to, but I know part of it's in medical emergencies only. Which I understand where these people are getting at. Mm Mm-hmm. Not, not the throwing up over this. That's a bit dramatic. But like, what, what does define a medical emergency? Like, um, I saw a thing. Um, Students for Life, I think Action made a post this, or is regular Students for Life today that um, like the uh, a woman um decided that she was gonna push her cancer treatment so that she could give mm-hmm. um because she was diagnosed with cancer and so she pushed her cam- her chemo treatment and instead of aborting her child against doctor's um uh, recommendation mm-hmm. would that be considered an emer- medical emergency like that kind of abortion because if in case someone needed to um, start chemo yeah i don't know so I see where I definitely can see where she or where these people are suing the state because, like, unless you make it clear, Cassina Cassiano spoke about being di- diagnosed at twenty weeks gestation with she was diagnosed with some sort of medical condition at twenty weeks. Spell it out for me. A N E N C E T H A L Y. And it's a folly? Anencephaly. Hold on a second. Anencephaly. 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 She was diagnosed at 20 weeks gestation with anencephaly. No, anencephaly. 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 So, Cassiano was uh, got emotional and got sick because she, as she was testifying about this disease she had or what she had been diagnosed while pregnant she said that was she was remembering it as a traumatic period in her life what was she diagnosed with it or is her baby diagnosed with it she was diagnosed with it 
Because anencephalitis this year is a birth defect. Okay, maybe her baby was diagnosed with it. I don't know, because it says... It's a birth defect in which a baby is born without parts of the brain and skull. Yeah, so she says... I don't know, because it just says spoke about being diagnosed at 20 weeks gestation. So it would be the baby. So the baby was diagnosed. Again, I'm not a doctor and clearly needed to look this up. My brain wasn't thinking. But, so she's explaining this as a traumatic time and got physically, had a physical reaction to it, which involved her throwing up over her child being diagnosed with a birth defect. But my question is, if you are testifying about, like, what is the mother at risk? Why were you, why was this what you were talking about? This psychotic lady said, I felt like I was imprisoned in my own body. Which is funny because she technically has someone imprisoned in her body. <laughs> she is not imprisoned in her own body. That just... But anyways, okay, on to the next story. So that one threw up. Okay, what 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 um came of it? Did anything come of this? Um on Thursday more testimonies are expected from witnesses of uh both sides and this this time, primarily doctors and experts. Mm. So, nothing has come of it yet. They are still in the testifying period. Okay, we'll do an update on the Instagram. Yes. Okay. The next one is, as soon as I find the story... A Nebraska teen was jailed for illegal disposal of her aborted fetus. Fotis? Is this the one that says Fotis? Fotis? <laughs> am I correct? This is the one that says Fotis in it? Yes. What is worth that? Someone explain that to me. Why is... What's the difference between a fetus and a Fotis? Is it a typo, or is it actually there a difference? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, a 19-year-old has been sentenced to 90 days in prison after taking an abortion pill to end her pregnancy, which has so many risks. If you go check out episode 4, 3, 4, 4. four. The risks of chemical abortion or whatever it's called. The, the truth, truth about, about chemical truth abortion. Truth about chemical abortion. Those doesn't know it the names horse. of our episodes. What? <laughs> you don't know the names of any of our episodes. How many times did you see say America first, death of America first? <laughs> death of America <laughs> first. Make America great again. <laughs> I just the truth that episode is permanently <laughs> whatever I decide. <laughs> the truth is in the freedom of <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I don't... I know the title in the moment, 
and then it leaves my brain and then I go to talk about it and then I forget. So anyways, go check out episode four, The Truth of Chemical Abortions. For Geese, who is now 19, pleaded guilty to illegally concealing human remains after she had an abortion, which she was around 28 weeks pregnant. So she was beyond the 20-week limit that is set in Nebraska law. Which abortion limits, they really hurt my brain. Because no one actually knows. They just set a random number. Like, obviously, or not abortion. A baby is baby at the moment of conception but like these bands they're like yeah so 12 weeks 20 weeks 8 mm-hmm. weeks 6 weeks whatever number we feel like pulling out of a hat they're down in the White House basement they're like have a hat full of numbers and they're like 8 weeks sounds good did you hear did you read the thing about her telling the police that she didn't know she was pregnant uh, yes. Did you see the picture with her in the cheerleading costume? Hmm. That's like that's how I knew about the story because it's all over um um TikTok people making fun of her being like, You are clearly very far along in these pictures. Yeah. Well look, that's like the um girl who Put the abortion pill in the doctor's office? Or no, she had taken the abortion pill prior to going to the doctor because she was complaining about lower back pain. But told the doctor she wasn't pregnant, even though she was like very far along and then hid the baby in the um, hospital garbage cans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so at the time, she was 17, so she's now 19. And in case you want to know, the number Nebraska now has a 12-week ban. So it was 20 weeks, and it's been lowered to 12 weeks. Mm. 12 weeks? 12 weeks. So the police opened the investigation into the mother and the daughter in June of 2022 before the Supreme Court had overturned. Overturned Roe v. Wade. If the mother was involved in this, why isn't the mother also going to jail? Because the daughter who... Oh, wait. Her mother has pleaded guilty to providing an illegal abortion. I was going to say, wasn't her mother an accomplice in it? Yeah, making false statements to authorities and tampering with human... Skeletal remains. Even, and her sentencing begins in September. Even then, I also think that her mother deserves to go to get some kind of charge for a child neglect or something. I mean, her daughter was 28 weeks pregnant. You, There's no way you don't notice her, you're a bad parent. Yeah, like, she was far along. Like, 
She okay. only had 12 weeks to go, which seems like well, second when you get all the is second trimester. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're showing quite a bit, unless your daughter yeah. constantly wears baggy t-shirts. I mean, I guess I live in this t-shirt. <laughs> you wouldn't know. This is like a men's triple XL. You wouldn't probably know in this t-shirt until a baby was out of me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so anyways, she is sentenced to 90 days for disposing the baby. At uh, 28 weeks, I mean, and you pro you look just generally like kind of a little bit more mm -hmm. about six months. It's like six months long. Yeah. It's kind of the easiest of all the trimesters. Uh-huh. It's kind of where you get your, like, pregnancy glow. That's yeah. so sad. You probably would have felt her baby kicking. Mm-hmm. And, like, the baby would have... Well, I mean, it wasn't a surgical abortion, so there wasn't as much pain involved, but the baby will, could feel everything. It was also... Well, it would have died because it would have been starving. Yeah. It also, um, it would have so would have it would have felt me. <laughs> um, and if she looked, she would have known her baby's gender if she got mm -hmm. no In case you want to know, the baby would have been the size of an eggplant. Mm. In fact, she was in her first she was in her first week of her third trimester. Mm -hmm. Just so sad, like that she just at that point. It's really unarguable that the baby is a baby. Um, the fact that she was cheering at 28 weeks pregnant is pretty impressive, though. Exactly. She was, she was like hoisting like 90 pound girls up into the air at 20 weeks, 28 weeks pregnant and no one said a thing. Yeah, exactly. But that is everything on the abortion stories. Okay. Let's talk about our presidential candidates. Um, this segment is called The Republican Party is Currently a Mess because they are. Chris Christie mm -hmm. out there like bullying everyone. There I looked up Chris Christie and there's like news article after news article be like, Chris Christie goes after Tim Scott and DeSantis and like Trump and all these people. And I'm like, Chris, chill. But Seven Republican candidates have met polling criteria for the first RNC debate. For, I believe, first time in I Don't Want to Talk About Politics History, this article comes from CNN. Mm. I get a little bit of news from them, but most of this I got from CNN. Um, under the requirements set by the Republican National Party, um, so the requirements are that the candidates have to meet have reached 1% or higher in at least two qualifying national polls and qualifying state polls from separate states. They must also have at least 400,000, sorry, 400,000, 40,000 unique donors, which includes 200 unique contributors from contributors, contributors from 20 or more states slash territories. Um, which, according to CNN, politics is to test a candidate's ability to appeal 
to all grassroots donors across a broad swath. That's a weird phrasing of the United States. Anyways, you have to meet these requirements to be able to participate in the Republican national debate. And so seven people have met all of these requirements. Um, former President Donald Trump, Florida Governor Ronald McDonald DeSantis, <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy met them. Vivi, 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 I don't even. Um, former Vice President Mike Pence, which if you remember we talked about, a lot of people didn't think he was going to actually run. Mm-hmm. And now he's actually running. So it's very interesting to see. It's going to be very interesting to see Trump and Pence debate against each other. Yeah. Former then, mm-hmm. Pence also has said things about Ukraine, so. Who said stuff about Ukraine? Pence has mm. stated that he, he doesn't think Ukraine is getting enough support. I forgot. You don't like Pence. I didn't mind Pence, but then he said, we're not supporting Ukraine enough. We haven't sent enough to them. And that ruined that for me. Um, Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, which my heart does too. Um, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott still remain my, like, go-to president and vice president i want them so bad and then former new jersey governor chris christie a lot of formers here so mike pence is the only candidate who hasn't made the fundraising threshold but he's met all the other requirements um north dakota governor doug burgum has met the donor criteria um but so to so Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, which I read as Ash, Ash, Ash Hutcherson. I was like, Ash Hutcherson? Ash Hutcherson is running for president? And then when I was like, Ash Hutcherson is not a real person, I meant um, Ashton, what's his name? I don't know. Ashton Kutcher. My head really wrapped that around. I was like, Ashton Kutcher threw me for president? <laughs> and that really got in my head. But imagine if Mila Kunis is like a first lady. Mm-hmm. I'm, Ashton Kutcher, I think, I think is a Republican. Mm-hmm. Or at least a positive one. Because if you ever watched um, the, the Ranch, it's a very conservative show. Uh-huh. It's very good. It's a kind of it's 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 like an unofficial spinoff of that Sony show. It's really good. Um, so Ash has also Hutchinson, Texas Representative Will Hurd, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, and Burgum are all within two polls of qualifying for the debate. So if we get all those people, it's gonna. I wonder if they're gonna do it like um, the Democrats and do two nights of it. Like they did last election. Mm-hmm. But now I'm wondering, I guess I didn't look it up. I could have easily looked this up. What the requirements are for the Democrats national yeah. debate. Because they have so many people debate. And right now we only have seven who are qualified. 
Mm-hmm. But I just wonder, like, how, how, what their requirements are. Because, like, I remember last year they had two nights of people debating. Oh. Anyways, that's all the information for that. This is kind of an update. Um, we are going to be doing, we actually are going to be doing a bonus episode in August covering the Republican national debate. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Um, I think we should have, like, standards of, like, who's going to win. Even if winning, I think we should like we can make like a little game out of it. Yeah, um, Louder with Crowder, they do a drinking game, but obviously we cannot do a drinking game. Ronald McDonald DeSantis is actually under fire regarding Florida public schools nuclear curriculum regarding Black history. So, according to NBC, the Florida Department of Education posted a 260-page, 216-page document about the state's Board of Education's new standards, which apparently includes controversial language and phrasing. So, an example of this supposed controversial wording is that slaves develop skills in which some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Which, when I read that the first time, I was like, okay, that does sound a little crazy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that does sound a little crazy. And, like, I have to admit, I wouldn't put it past DeSantis to say that. because. But I was like, let me look into this a little more. Um, so the State's Teacher Union, which is the Florida, Edu- Florida Education Association, which represents about 150,000 150,000? 150,000. 150,000. 150,000. 150,000. Oh, 150,000. 150,000. What did I say? Welcome to Allison Can't Do Math Again. You know, <laughs> have you, or you know how Call Me Chris does like, Chris reads screens. <laughs> In our videos, we're gonna have Calista speaks words. <laughs> Allison does math. <laughs> what did I say? I think I said fifteen hundred, which uh-huh. is I think a thousand five hundred. Yeah. So that's not enough. It's a hundred. No. A hundred and fifty hundred thousand or a hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. 150,000. Okay. 150, 100,000. What would that be? 150, 100,000? Yeah. 1,500,000, maybe? Okay. They call the new standards um, a disservice to Florida's students. And our big step backwards from a state that required teaching African American history since 1994, which is pretty late to be requiring that. Mm-hmm. Florida. Um, I'm not going to read out the all 216 pages of this document, but okay. I will read out some stuff from the Florida Ed- Department of Education's website and their standards. Um, which I was like, let me find this. Also, could not find this document. I don't know where it is. I could not find this document. If someone wants to send it to me, 
I will happily go looking for it, but I could not find this document, and I searched for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the introduction to their document, um, so this is just on the Florida Education's, the Florida Department of Education's website under their academic standards, their content areas under social studies and under social studies under African-American history. Um, So the introduction says that the following required instruction is the history of the United States, including the period of discovery, early colonies, the war for independence, the Civil War, the expansion of the United States to its present present boundaries, the World Wars, and the Civil Rights Movement to the present. American history shall be viewed as factual, not constructed, shall be viewed as knowable, teachable, and testable, and should be defined as the creation of a new nation based largely on the universal principles stated in the Declaration of Independence. The following um, is the required instruction statute. The history of African Americans includes the history of African peoples before the political conflicts that led to the development of slavery, the passage to America, the enslavement experience, abolition, and the history, I said abolition, abolition, and the history of contributions of Americans of the African diaspora to societies. Um, and then, so like some of the specifics they want to, goals they want to um, implement for the students is students shall develop an understanding of the ramifications of prejudice, racism, and stereotyping on individual freedoms and examine what it means to be a responsible and respectful person for the purpose of encouraging tolerance of diversity in, in a pluralistic society and for nurturing and protecting democratic values and institutions. Uh, and then they also say inc- instruction shall include the roles and contributions of individuals from all walks of life in their endeavors to learn and thrive throughout history as artists, scientists, educators, business people, which is one word. Which okay. I don't know if that's supposed to be one word. <laughs> Influential thinkers, members of the faith community, and political and government leaders, and the courageous steps they took to fulfill the promise of democracy and unite the nations. Um, and then they said, um, instructional personnel may facilitate discussions and use curricula to address in an age-appropriate manner, which I love that that's specified, um, how the individual's freedoms of persons have been infringed by slavery, racial oppression, racial segregation, and racial discrimination, as well as topics relating to enactment and enforcements of laws resulting in racial oppression, racial segregation, and racial discrimination, and how recognition of these freedoms has overturned these unjust laws. Hmm. Interesting. Hold on, I have more. Um... So, um, so one of the primary concerns is that Black people were also perpetrators, that they're saying that Black people were also perpetrators of violence during race massacres. Um, this quote comes from, I believe, the, like, original 216-page document that says instruction includes acts of violence perpetrated against and by African Americans, but is not, um, but is not limited to 1906 Atlanta race riot, 1919 Washington, D.C. race riot, 1920. 1920 OC massacre, 1921 Colson massacre, and the 1923 Rosewood massacre. Um, specifically in 
all the history that I took, we never learned about any of these riots. I don't know about you. Not so, that I can remember. We could do an episode on the history of political um, um, protesting. Ooh, that'd be cool. Okay, that was an idea. We could do an entire episode on this, and I'll make sure to write these down. Alyssa's is writing it down. <laughs> I will also, I have these notes, so I'll make sure to bring these up later, and we could talk about it, but um, uh, Ronda, um, so Ronda Sant, so this actually comes from a 22 law, which DeSantis called into, um, signed in a law called the Stop Wrongs to Our Kids and Employees Act, or the Stop Woke Act. Well, that is it for news this week. Mm-hmm. Fun stories. I am actually very excited for this topic. Same. By the, by the way, Calista, um, I found this lady, this lady, right, I, it took me a while, um, I was like, is this person Christian or not? But I would mm-hmm. like, I don't know, if, do not click on the website, I'm going to read the first sentence out to you. Okay. Thought me when you realize, um, what her, what her, um, what her political views are. Okay. The term purity culture is generally associated with white American evangelical Christian purity movement and the Coralie purity industry launched in the 1990s. Um, I have a, I have a guess. You have a guess? It's the opposite of us. The opposite of us. Are you sure? Because we, when she says, however, evangelicals don't have a monopoly on the ethics that undergird purity culture, the specifics may vary by religion, but gender and sexual control, which upon purity culture stands in global, cross-religious, and cross-cultural. In purity culture, gender express- expectations are based on strict stereotype based binary men are expected to be strong masculine leaders of the household church and to a lesser extent society when we are, are expected to support them to be pretty feminine sweet supportive and mothers hmm. upon marriage they're expected to flip their sexuality on like a light switch However, men are taught that their minds are evil, whereas women are taught their bodies are evil. That is to say, men's thoughts and actions are said to be pure, either pure or impure, while women themselves are said to be either pure or impure. Sexual metaphors around a pure woman is compared to a brand new shiny car with an impure one is compared to a used car that everyone around town has already driven and isn't worth much anymore a pure woman is compared to a delicious hamburger just set down on the table while impure woman is compared to the last slobbery bite of that hamburger <laughs> i'm so excited to read her book <laughs> so excited to read the i just can and i i i'm just gonna have that book now i'm not gonna give it to anyone else to read because i don't want anyone else to read it but yeah Underli- underlying these teachings are several assumptions, including that 
gender is a binary and that heterosexual desire is the only right and normal form of desire slash sexual intercourse. The white American evangelical Christian purity moment movement is further based in nationalistic and white supremacist assumptions. As a result, purity culture influences people's lives in complex ways, resulting in highly intersectional marginalization. For example, whereas white ma- American women may feel they must unfairly maintain the purity they're assumed to have been born with, American women in color of color and women from other cultures may just attain purity as it is not something they are soon to have been born with within the subculture. Hmm. You know what she just said? Hmm? She just said, what, any woman of color? Unpure. Immediately. Upon being born. That is crazy. Very racist. She has a book. Like, a New York Times best-selling book. I'm so excited. Oh, it's a long title. The book is pure. Inside the evangelical movement that shamed a generation of young women and how I broke free. That's the title. Mm-hmm. That's a long title. Okay. I just wanted to read that to you. It's crazy. That is. <laughs> okay. So, this week we are going to be talking about purity culture um not her version of purity culture oh no her version of purity culture but the actual version of purity culture um modesty um femininity and like i guess like i said we're going beyond purity culture and kind of talking about a lot of the different elements regarding modesty femininity and our physical value as women mm-hmm. so i uh, i wanted to do defining purity culture so that was kind of the more I would say leftist definition of purity culture. Hers was <laughs> crazy. As yes. a woman of color, I recently learned that I was born unpure. Apparently. Which is so racist. Oh my gosh. But the Gospel um Coalition organization defines purity culture is the term often used for the evangelical movement that attempts to promote a biblical view of purity. And so they quote um, 1 Thessalonians 4 through 8, which is, is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immortality, that each of you should learn to control your body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those um, commit such sins as we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Which I believe is the new, um, the new international version, but it might have been the English standard version. I just can't remember. Um, but they said that purity culture kind of um, to uphold the uh, biblical view of purity is by discouraging dating and promoting virginity before marriage, often through the use of tools such as purity pledges, symbols such as purity rings, events, and purity balls. Costa, have you heard of a purity ball? No. I 
recently learned what purity balls are, and I just put a little arrow, and I said purity balls are very weird with a little heart. Okay. Um, when dads and their daughters have, like, a dance together, and then the daughter at it pledges her purity, and then the dad pledges to be an example of it. Okay, when you said purity ball... When you said when you said purity ball, I had the image of a ball in my head, like an actual like soccer ball, like spear-shaped item. It is a basketball. Yeah, I have no clue where my brain was going with that, but a dance was not it. Give him like a baseball, and it says abstinence on it. Can I attend one of these purity balls? Am I too old to attend a purity ball? I can. Oh. Actually, I'm too old. Oh! This is weird. So, they have the purity ball for fathers and daughters, and the night to remember for mothers and sons. Why is it called that? <laughs> and it's night, as in N K N I G H T. It's a weird picture. Ugh. Okay, um, we have, um, a s one. Two, three, four, five different topics that we're covering under this. We're going to talk about modesty, um, virginity, the society's expectation of women, the church's expectation of women, and then we're going to do our concluding thoughts. Um, so, Calista, do you want to, do you have anything that you want to say in the introduction? No. Let's talk about modesty, um, beforehand. Um, a couple kind of statements on this, but like, well, I guess my first question is, Calista, do you think that modesty is kind of pushed more on women than it is on men? I definitely think it is pushed more on women, but mm -hmm. I feel like it is an issue that should be both of our issues because, like, mm -hmm. people forget that modesty, like, they just think it's just about how you dress. But it includes so many things, like how you live, like making sure you're not living with outside your means, making sure you're dressing dressing modestly. Like mm -hmm. it's a bunch of things. It's not just how you dress. Yeah. And like I also think that it is such a thing that is like obsessed over you. Mm -hmm. Like I just think that like you didn't go to high school. That's so weird. Okay. In middle school. Okay. Costa, let me tell you something. Okay. Go to traditional school. Mm -hmm. There's so many crazy rules that they would apply to girls that they didn't apply to guys. Um, um, one of the things, uh, I used to get in trouble for wearing ripped, girls used to get in trouble for wearing ripped jeans, but guys would wear like the same ripped jeans and be fine. Hmm. That was one of the things. Um, we weren't allowed to wear leggings in middle school unless we had a shirt that covered the leggings. Um, it was another thing that we weren't allowed to wear. 
um, they kind of stopped caring at towards the end of the year because it started like they don't really do dress codes anymore in schools mm-hmm. unless you go to like a school that has like a uniform and stuff. Um, yeah. At least in Salem Kaiser, it became like a um, in the Salem Kaiser Public School District. I believe it became a district wide rule that they no longer require a dress code. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of any other examples. I'm trying to see if I ever got in trouble for a dress code. My shorts were too short in fourth grade. I was like, okay, I was a fourth grader, and they were long. Like they were longer than the shorts I wear nowadays. Like they were not that short. Um, I did. I was on crossing guard duty, <laughs> and I got in trouble for my shorts. I totally remember that. Um. That was another thing. I knew a girl that they made her put leggings on underneath her jeans because one of the any you couldn't have rips that were above the thigh, mm. above the knee. And so in high school, I used to have to, I would used to wear. I in high school it didn't matter as much, but also it was like really cold, and I had to go to school like really early in the morning. But I used to wear. Uh, it's kind of where like the trend of wearing like print. Oh, you're back. I am back. The trend of wearing like printed leggings underneath your rich jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like I think that recently in the past couple of years there's bef- there's been like a stance that like of this like ultra feminism thing where they're like, um like like why she care what I wear and all this type of stuff. And yeah. I'm like wondering like can they can the idea can like feminism and modesty exist together in cohesion? Mm-hmm. I feel like not with modern day femininity feminist <laughs> but I think like if we went back or mm-hmm. like because, like, honestly, what we have now, well, we're now including men in, as feminists. Because you can now okay. pretend you're a woman. But, mm-hmm. anyways. <laughs> in the mindset that you're defining, like, you and what you believe as a feminist in your own eventual individual right. I think it can. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Just, yeah, I don't think with what the current, like, definition of a feminist is, I don't mm-hmm. think it can. But if we took a step back and reclaimed femininity, mm-hmm. like, I think modesty can definitely fit into that and purity and all of that. And I also do think there's, like, a, I also think there is slowly becoming a change in what current feminism femininity is mm-hmm. like obviously the like speak my abortion and all that type of stuff like that side of feminism my body my choice absolutely not great but the kind of feminism going on right now that is like we need more that there needs to be like more information and more studies done and more like um i don't know like more i don't know uh exposure regarding like women's health issues specifically regarding like birth control all that type of stuff and well like kind of the revival of like ultra femininity like loving 
pink and ultra girly things and the idea that it's like not it doesn't make you cool to like hate on something that girls like just because girls hate it exactly like that current side of feminism like i think they can like adjust they can like together like a 12 year old should be able to dress like jojo siwa and not get bullied for it instead of having to go to um school in like shorts like down to her like like the truly the lowest waisted pants i've ever seen and a bra Mm -hmm. like that's not okay for a 12 year old to wear like i don't know like all these i think it's like the uh, influence of like tiktok and stuff where they're seeing all these older people who look like they're 14 wearing all these clothes and they think that as a 14 year old they should be wearing that when my first day of seventh grade i wore a lion king t-shirt and ripped jeans i don't know um and then i said is there an unfair treatment of young girls and women who have more developed bodies and the way that they get treated a modesty which i like i think i i feel like i experienced that when i was younger i i looked older when i was younger which i've always been told i looked older than i am i looked older when i was younger and so sometimes when i would wear clothes that like my cousin would wear i felt like i was unfairly treated because yeah. we were wearing the same clothes and i think that's true like i think i a lot of like a lot of girls who were even just bigger in mm-hmm. Yeah, at younger ages have always said that they feel um, unfairly compared and it's also something that you see like on like runways weirdly you see this on like on like runways and everything it being like there's like i don't know i feel like especially like ultra 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 skinny people kind of kind of kind of get away with a lot yeah um close do you have any more thoughts kind of regarding modesty or anything um, not really. You did a PowerPoint presentation on it. I did do a PowerPoint presentation on it. Don't remember my speech, but I have a PowerPoint presentation. It's a wild PowerPoint presentation. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know. It's, it's not a great design choice <laughs> uh some of my pictures are questionable i also wrote in fourth grade a paper about modesty at the beach mm. and i really wish i could knew where that paper is because that is still my favorite paper i ever wrote and my How mom do don't know where it is and i'm a little depressed how do you feel about okay I'm very much one who I'm like, what you wear, I don't care. Like, I don't know. I'm like, make your own choices, I guess. How do you feel about, but like when it's younger, like, how do you feel about like middle school and like high school age girls wearing bikinis? Yeah, I'm. Like, even not just your kids, like other kids. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't like them in general. Mm-hmm. So even if it wasn't my kids, I don't love them. Like, mm-hmm. And some of that's the way like I grew up and was yeah. raised. But like, I also I feel like like I wear like high waisted bikini bottoms and like a bikini top, but I don't wear like string like the little ones that the girls at GCU wear. 
That I'm not gonna, is like, a definite no. But I'm not going to be like another college age, like 22 year old girl doesn't get to wear that. But like, I don't know if I saw like a 15 year old girl in like a string and like two in two triangles the size of tortilla chips sewed together. I'd be like, uh uh-uh, uh, get back inside, change that. Uh, so I used to work at, well, I used to work at the Y, but I also worked at the outdoor pools here. Um, one summer of 2019, and we had to send a, or we had to tell multiple girls, we were like, okay, this time you can wear that, but next time, no, like, because they were like 14 and they would have like basically nothing. And we had to tell, like, because it was a public pool, we had to tell a few people who were like, no, you can't wear that, even if they were older. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your one warning. Like, we don't go, you can't, you have to leave now, like, please yeah. don't change. Mm-hmm. Except, I never, I, like, just thought about this. We never, like, kept any sort of track of yeah. who these people were. So they could have showed up again in the same mm-hmm. thing, and we would have had to warn them again. But, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. and like, also, like, sometimes when you're like younger, mm-hmm. like, you just like don't think about it, which is something you shouldn't think about. As like a, a middle school girl, you shouldn't be thinking, like, my, you shouldn't be thinking, how are other people looking at me sexually? Like, they, that yeah. shouldn't be something that's on their mind. So I can understand that but i don't know like when you're in like your older teens like i don't know until you're like an adult like i just think that it's not the greatest no i can understand like like, even like a 17 18 year old i'm not gonna like complain about that but like anyone who's younger like i don't know when i was 14 i thought i was the smartest person in the world and i wasn't and i think i totally would i probably definitely would have fought my mom very much on it yeah, no, I just thought, I don't know, I'm like, okay, whatever, do I like it? No, but can I control what other people do? No, mm-hmm. but I don't think little kids should, not just because, like, how other people see them sexually, but, like, just why do you mean, like, just wear clothes, yeah. you're little, mm-hmm. and, like, your body is so sacred, it's like, why are you? Yeah. Like, putting it out. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, with things like the swimsuits and stuff, it's basically, like, it's a trend. Like, people see other people do it, so then they think it's cool, and they're like, well, I can do it. And it's like, well, you can, but should you? Mm-hmm. That person's 27, you're 14. Like, yeah. And like that's that's what I was saying about how like a lot of the kids are dressing nowadays because they're seeing people like um like okay well specifically we talked about this in family vloggers about some of the like teenage age vloggers mm-hmm. and how they dress and then they influence people who are younger than them and they're already so young that they're influencing so many girls who are only like three or four years younger than them to dress like them. Like, um, that girl Piper, the one I talked about, who does, like, bikini uh-huh. pics and all this stuff. And she, like, just yeah. turned 15 this last year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ugh. 
I can talk so much. I passed her Instagram the other day and I was like looking at her comments because she posted something and then literally in the comments there were people who were like younger than her that were like okay what you're wearing is no longer appropriate like you were 15 this is ridiculous because she had um sweatpants on and on the back of the sweatpants it said Jersey Shore is on them I'm sorry if you were under the age of 18 okay mm. If you were under the age of at least 16, you should not be wearing anything that says, you should not be wearing sweatpants that say anything on the back. Any kind of pants. And this is like a daisy print all over a short or something like that. I don't care. Yeah. If it's all over. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's something that's a pattern all over, that's Mm -hmm. different. Like, I had a pair of Star Wars leggings in middle school, and it had like the Death Star and the Millennium Falcon and, like, stars glitter all over the leggings. Yeah. If it's mm-hmm. all over and it's, like, a print, that's different than if it's just words or something across the backside of the pants. Yeah, I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I'm like, you were so young. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm glad that people are recognizing that. Like, I remember when JoJo Siwa used to get people to be like, she just is so childish and all that type of stuff when you're in high school. Meanwhile, I'm only two days older than JoJo Siwa. And I'm like, I don't know if she dresses, like, she dresses a little bit younger than her age. But it's actually a really good example of how kids should be able to dress. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like a 13-year-old girl should be able to go to school in, like, a uh, unicorn sweatshirt and live their life. Exactly. Most kids get the sex talk either entering into middle school or before they start middle school. Mm-hmm. And so, like, most kids know what sex is in middle school, and then in middle school is where they kind of kick it into high gear, being like, you need to stay a virgin forever. Or whatever. Or, like, until marriage. And then at least some people are like, you need to stay a virgin forever, sex is bad. And I think, for me, okay, my personal journey in middle school was that I felt that like all of middle school all I learned was like any kind of sex or dating or anything was like super bad like not to be done until you were like 25 and like the idea of even liking boys or even liking boys or anything like that was just like crazy and sex was bad and all that and then it wasn't until high school where I kind of learned that like no, sex is a gift from God and that it's it's not the only thing that you were trying to achieve for in a relationship and mm-hmm. that you need that's what you need to start looking for what you're looking for in a relationship and like kind of redefining like the difference between like what dating is and what like courting is. I don't know. I was always told to court like were you told in middle school not to court only to date and uh, not to date only to court? I was homeschooled. No, not in school. Uh, at church. Do you think they taught me in a public school that? Do you think? <laughs> I'm sorry. We think- also didn't talk about it. Help each other. Sitting down and being like, Allison, you specifically need to be waited to be court, not dated. <laughs> yeah. Also, we didn't talk about it at church. So. Okay. Um. Well, did you ever go to like youth group? Nope. Okay. Youth group. Calista, let me tell you something. I let me tell you something. Middle school Allison sitting in youth group. Um, my youth group. Pa- I my middle school pastor. She was a phenomenal pastor. 
she truly was um um but i do think you know you can't leave anything without like a little bit of trauma uh -huh. that's what everyone else on the planet is for um but i don't know like i just didn't i don't know i i think a lot of people talk about how they come out of the church feeling a lot of shame mm -hmm. and i feel like i felt a lot of that coming out of my middle school program especially regarding like the future of like wanting to be a relationship and stuff, not knowing if you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and stuff. And then some of that, like, stay-at-home parent stuff was added in high school. But, some, but like, I just think that, like, I don't feel like I'm making sense. I feel like there's a lot of pressure they put this timeline. Like, you have, you can't do this till this. You, you have to do this by this. And it's not really a timeline. It's God's timing whenever he decides mm -hmm. this man is who you're going to date. This woman's who you're going to date. You're mm -hmm. going to marry this person. Mm -hmm. You're like, it is literally, there's not a timeline that us as humans can put on things like dating and marriage and everything that goes around those. It was not until, okay, so it wasn't for me, personally, in my journey, it was not until I reached college age group, like, um, two, um, two years ago, I took a gap year coming out of high school, um, and so then I deferred one year to go to college, and um, it wasn't until that age that in church, in, like, a small group, like, a youth group setting is when I learned what I should be looking for from in a partner for marriage regarding like pastoral point of view, mm -hmm. which I feel was something that would have benefited me better to like understand that that's what I should be looking for when I was like high school age. But when I was in middle school and high school, they were like, absolutely no dating until you're like 20. If you want to wait to then, that's really fine. I didn't think I was going to start dating until I like graduated from college i always um, said I was never... that didn't work out <laughs> i always said i was never gonna date till after college mm -hmm. should have stuck with that coming to the understanding that sex was a gift from god that was supposed to be be between two mar uh, a married man and a wife and it wasn't something that was to be disgusted about isn't disgusting or feared but it is something that happens in a committed marriage relationship was the best way for me to learn about it instead of younger being like sex is bad sex is gross mm -hmm. and i think that's the best teaching of it and i think that sometimes it gets pushed on you i think sometimes it gets pushed on you that it's very awful for you to be even like have questions or be confused about it yeah and I don't, and like, personally, I don't think I ever got that from my parents, but I do feel like from a church's point of view, I did. Mm -hmm. And I just think that I would have benefited more from someone being like, here, let me answer your questions and let me make you feel not like uncomfortable or like ashamed that you have these questions because like, that's part of growing up. Exactly. Um, and being like, hey, maybe this is a conversation from later on when you're a little bit older and being told that instead of being like, gross, don't even think about it ever. Mm -hmm. 
that's just my opinion. I'm so sorry for like the journey we went on to get to that. Exactly, but uh, you know, Costa, do you have any thoughts? I just made myself uncomfortable. My bones are itchy. How are your bones itchy? It's it's you know when your bones just like no longer fit inside your body. No. That's how I feel. I feel like my femur should be outside my body right now. I'm so uncomfortable with the conversation I just had with myself. Hey, my bone once was outside of my body when I broke my arm. Ew, you had a compound fracture? He went in a U. Um, I also think society has like a weird obsession over it, especially in celebrities. Um, I was they were talking about this on a podcast I listened to. Um The Jonas Brothers used to wear purity rings. And it was, like, a big thing that I was obsessed over. And then, uh, I remember, like, there's a whole thing about, like, whether when Taylor Swift, because Taylor Swift lost her virginity, and, like, Hilary Duff, who was, like, 15, they used to say things about her. Britney Spears, when she was younger, they used to say things about her. Selena Gomez, like, all of these child stars, they would say, like, weird things over if they were virgins or not. And I just think that's so creepy. That's just weird. Like, why? Just doesn't matter it's not like she has to be older like when i was 10 selena gomez was like 17 exactly and so they were like it was gomez was like 17 i'm like oh she's essentially an adult because a 17 year old's an adult when you're 10 um but like i it's just so creepy yeah it's just such a weird thing to obsess over it's like does it really matter do we need to know this information about the celebrity like let's focus on what they do the movies they act in the songs they sing like Mm -hmm. or focus on something else in their life that's not that detailed because like why just why do we and i think they also like can i to go into our next point Um, They also, like, expect that they put that on in TV shows as well. Like, TV shows growing up, like, I grew up watching, like, um, I guess I was, like, later, like, later in high school, I watched The Gossip Girl, so it wasn't much of an influence on me. But, like, stuff like that, um, I remember in Gossip Girl in season one, there's a whole thing about Dan being, like, he was junior in high school and they thought it was crazy that he hadn't lost his virginity yet hmm. and like looking back on that i like when i was younger i was like yeah that's so weird why is he a junior in high school and not lost his virginity that's embarrassing and then like looking back on that i'm like no like that's really creepy that they thought it was weird yeah like mm-hmm it just goes to show, like, how our society is so focused on making everyone sexual beings. hmm Beings. Or, like, um, I wrote an entire essay on this, and I, I truly love this essay. I wrote an entire essay on this. Um, one of my personal hatreds on Earth is the TV show Euphoria. Um, because, for one, it is all, even though all the actors are adults, they are portraying juniors and sophomores in high school um, in, like, very graphic, very real, very graphic, incredibly disturbing, like, sexual situations, which I do 100% believe should be charged as child porn. Mm-hmm. I think, like, any, I, I 
do you believe that should be like that should be considered child porn and it's like well this is how normal teenagers act and like for one this is not how normal teenagers act and two we shouldn't be pushing that this is how normal teenagers act when this is a show about teenagers with content that should not be content that the like leash should be only be marketed towards college age and older if it should which it shouldn't be marketed at all but the minimum should be marketed towards college age and older and two it's be marketing the teenagers and from there being passed on to middle schoolers i mean how many middle schoolers when it's cassie and maddie last year yeah which is the like, timmy and Girl show yeah so like what was i gonna say if we're like saying this is the normal way teenagers act normal like if this is normally how teenagers act, we have an issue with society and this is what either we think that that's how they act or mm -hmm. if that's actually how they're acting, then something is wrong along, whether it be from the parents, from the media, from Hollywood. Like, if this is how teenagers are thinking they should live their life then we should fix the root problems in the show um i can't remember what her character's name is who's one of the girls i believe she's a junior has an entire whim and an, an entire storyline which is supposed to be her like women empowerment line empowerment like she's only plus size character empowerment like storyline where she um decides to start submitting videos of herself to pornhub and then from there gets followers and then starts streaming herself and then does one-on-one -on -one individual like streaming of herself and like sexual situations a 16 year old went in in if a 16 year old would do that today um anyone who was caught watching that would be jailed and put on a sex offenders list for the um possession and viewing of child pornography and she would also that 16 year old self would also be put on a sex offenders list for distributing child pornography exactly um so currently we are very much especially people our age are mm -hmm. in um what we would just what is described as hookup culture which is the idea sex is purely trans um transactional you go you, you swipe on tinder you hook up with the guy you leave you swipe on tinder you hook up with a guy you, leave. you swipe on tinder you hook up with a guy you leave i think that less and less there is an emphasis to be in a committed relationship and men are not as much being held to the standard mm -hmm. that they need to be in a relationship yeah like they, they literally talked about this in the barbie movie <laughs> that men like they were talking about how like you want about how like men no longer feel like they need to be committed to someone they're like i want like a i think they call them a long-term not so casual seeing other people girlfriend or something like that they did it to like make fun of that idea being like oh. be like i want you to be mine but i want to be able to see other people and i want you around to like do things for me but i also like want to 
I also don't want to be like weighed down by you. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's exactly how a lot of men are right now. And it's kind of be like, sex still a sacred thing despite hookup culture. And I think that if you in your heart believe that, and if you in your heart believe that, and you still hold it as that, and you find someone who still holds it as that, it can be. Mm-hmm. As they, like, people participate in hookup culture more and more, I feel like once they finally decide to settle down, the relationship will not be the same as if they dated Demary or even like dated a couple people and were like, okay, no, this isn't what I want. But like nothing sexual happened. It's literally just, okay, nope, this is not the guy I want to be with. But which is okay. That's what dating is for. I think that society right now is supposed to be like women need to be like sexually liberated human beings. Mm-hmm. And once again, bringing this back to Barbie, they had a really there's a really good monologue in it, and they were part of it. They were like kind of talking about that. They're like women need to be like sexually liberated human beings, but if they are too much, then they're a slut. But if they are too, if they're not enough, then they're a um then they're a prude and there's like this whole thing like there's like a happy there's like a happy medium you're supposed to find but it's like impossible to find and there's this Mm -hmm. expectation but no one knows what the expectation is because like you said if you lean too far one way you're a whore and if you lean too far one way god forbid you're christian yeah Mm -hmm. my dog is most definitely gonna be heard barking in the background but i just wanted to pop in here and kind of smoothing out the transition um, between this section and the last, Callista and I got on like a kind of tangent um, surrounding like a topic that we would actually love to do a full episode on. So otherwise, this episode would be like three hours. So we're actually going to save that and do a diff do it for a different episode later on. But where we pick up is us talking once again about dressing modestly and understanding what it means to dress for yourself and kind of looking at the positive sides of purity culture. No, dress for yourself, y'all. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Women either, everyone says women dress for men, women dress for other women, and I 100% believe that. Women care so much more about other girls' validation than they care about a guy's validation. Surely. I could not care when Nap what I wear in front of Nat. Literally do not care what he thinks. I go go out and I get a compliment by another girl. I am on cloud nine for the rest of the day. My favorite thing to do is get complimented by women. If you get that that's why I compliment women all the time. Women love getting compliments from other women. We're acknowledging each other's hard work. Yeah. I always Mm. joke with Abby I'm like Yeah. I don't wear makeup. I don't dress up all the time. So if a guy decides they like me, if they like me for who I am, not for what I make, what I add to myself to make myself look good. Mm-hmm. I like to know you know, sir. I'm not asleep, but if I was, you were honking your horn so loudly at 2.45 a.m. <laughs> Okay, we're done. Oh, no, we're not done. 
Why are we honking our horn? What? Oh, it's, it's a the train. train. Like, I know you have to warn people that you're coming to the crossing, but do you really have to do it at 2 a.m.? Because it goes like, through the entirety of downtown Independence. Like, Vermont, it's like, it's like through Main Street. So I had to wait for it. There's a train going off out my window also. Okay, but yours is louder because I hear yours. You can hear mine? That's great. Uh But I'm also closer to it. Yeah. I could walk to the train and get there in like six minutes right now. Yeah, it would be like 20 minutes to walk. 25, depending on how fast. Actually, there's an uphill in there, so longer than that. Um, like um, a five-minute drive. Mm-hmm. It's also, I think, also purity culture is about learning to love your body, too. Mm-hmm. Learning to be happy and enjoy your body is when it's in a healthy point. We could do an entire we could do we probably will eventually but we could do an entire episode on just body positivity and the good and the bad sides of the body positivity movement so all right concluding thoughts calista to answer the question of this episode is purity culture oppressing women Mm, i don't think so uh because like Obviously, it's going to differ, like, if it's really being pushed really hard in a certain circumstance. But, like, it's things that you should do. I don't know. Just because I hate denim denim skirts, if you're forced to wear a denim skirt, then I believe you're being oppressed. Yeah. But that's different. I hate denim skirts so much. (laughs) Yeah, not everyone is being forced to wear a denim skirt. What is the difference between a woman wearing pants and women wearing skirts? A skirt is a skirt. Are, is skirts not more seductive? I don't know. Sorry, that was a weird thought. Like, you know, like the Amish, they don't let the girls wear pants. Yeah. But, like, it's in counting. I don't know, I just think that's interesting. I mean, like, in, when you go to, like, a traditional Catholic church, you can't wear pants, you wear dresses and skirts. Okay. So, like, it's just a way to show respect. But Catholicism is a much, much, much older religion than, like, the Amish, right? I think so. I, I don't think so. I'm pretty I sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Amish only became a thing in like the last past 200 years. Yeah, no. Catholicism has been around for a way, 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 way. Yeah. The Catholicism, it be. No. <laughs> okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jews. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Came back to life. Mm-hmm. 
Holy ghosted it up. Okay. Holy ghosted it up. That's an odd way to put that, but okay. Disciples. Uh huh. Disciples were Christians. Mm hmm. Mm. And cat. And were they Christians and Catholics at the same time? Before yeah. they became their own thing. Mm hmm. And Catholic Church was formed. And then Protestants were a different thing. But yes. technically the Catholic Church became came first. Yes. And but, technically, like, the Jews, it wasn't, I don't believe it was the Jewish religion. Yeah. It was Jewish people. Because they're two different things. There's yeah. the Jews as in the nationality, and there's the Jews as in the religion. Yeah. And, like, that's where the separation became, because automatically all Jews were Christians. Mm -hmm. But there was the distinction between the Jews who thought that Jesus was just a prophet and then the Christians who believed that Jesus was the son of God. Yes. I love when we learn things. <laughs> okay. Um, to answer the question, is purity culture oppressing women? I think that if you... Okay, obviously, like you were saying about how if it truly is oppressing you but i think that if did you just say if it's tr it's truly oppressing me as if i'm being <laughs> oppressed no no no. i was saying as what you were saying before without having to repeat it you know how you'll sometimes you'll be talking and then you'll be like 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 calista and then like continue on it felt like that situation okay you can continue on i just really thought you said like you were oppressed and i was so confused is purity culture oppressing women if for the reasons that it would be pressing you that calissa said like in the obvious circumstances where it is actual like oppression but i think that if you are in the mindset that it's oppressing you, then it's oppressing you. But if you're in the mindset of, like, finding your own choice and free will and, like, understanding your relationship with your body and your relationship with God and that, then, no, it's not. Let's talk about pop culture. Calista. Yes. That's what came out this week. Mm-hmm. Barbie. Barbie. And Oppenheimer. Yes. I saw Barbenheimer. I was going to say it two different days. I accidentally saw it on both day Morning. I woke up. I got ready. My boyfriend picked me up. We met my grandma at the theater. I got stuck behind a train. We ate some popcorn. We watched Oppenheimer. Then I got dropped off at my mom's work. Sat and stared at a wall for about an hour. We went to Goodwill. We got her some stuff. I ate a very delicious burger. Sparkled myself up. Saw Barbie. Here are my thoughts. Starting with Oppenheimer. As always, Christopher Nolan did a fantastic job. Christopher Nolan, um, most people know him, very famous director. Um, director of Inception. whole bunch of other things. Um, I have, like, personal bias because I'm a huge Marvel fan. But Robert Downey Jr. did a fantastic job. So did Emily Blunt. Um, Emily Blunt was very, um, coming up as, like, a close second 
on like background characters of stand-up performance um however they always i feel like in these types of movies it's always the background actors who are like yeah actually we're the best characters of the movie no cillian murphy who played oppenheimer was deserves all the credit truly incredible performance he was so good um rami malik played a background character in it i love rami malik i think he's a fantastic actor um mr robot is one of the best shows on tv he was great in the james bond movie and i think he's an underrated and truly phenomenal actor um and i think he's vastly underlooked i know i and i wrote that i sound even when i was typing this out that i sound like such a film bro but look i worked at a theater for a year i was surrounded by film bros i had to pick up on some of it um movie nothing short of intense it wasn't like the sound of freedom where you were like felt your heart was gonna like jump out of your chassis entire film instead it was more of like an unnerving anxiety mix with trying to understand the complexities of like quantum physics and world politics um there's some interesting things about it something that i got over like for one Calista, i thought i thought albert einstein was so much older than he actually is when Albert Einstein walked on screen, I turned to my grandma and I go, this is not correct. This is factually inaccurate. And she was like, no, this is correct. You just don't have an understanding of world history. And then two, um, when Heisenberg walked on screen, I was like, hmm, he was friends with Margaret Singer. Also something I didn't think about because I'm just stupid and I don't think about these types of things. Um, the The bomb that was dropped on um the bomb was always meant for the germans was not originally meant for the japanese and i just like never thought about that the atomic bomb yeah i don't know why i never thought about that obviously it would have been obviously it took years to make that bomb but i was like i don't know they just like made it in the lab in like three days but i also just like don't understand how this is why I need to watch movies. This is why I watch so many movies because I'm so stupid. Like I'm so I'm so dumb, guys. <laughs> it is really interesting. Um, a lot of stuff regarding communism. The last third of the movie is so good. It's like the best part of the movie because it's all like trial and stuff, and it's just like a hearing before a senate. Calista's losing her mind because I didn't realize it took three years to make the atomic bomb. Yeah, I'm just over here. I don't know. I didn't think it was that hard. Like, obviously, now that I understand what went into it, it's that hard. But I don't know. They make, like, cannonballs back in, like, the 1600s. Atomic bomb, cannonball. Two different things. They do the same thing. One small level. <laughs> One huge level. Just make a big then you make a bigger cannonball. I'm not saying they were the same size. One full of less toxic things. One full of very, 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 very toxic things. I'm aware. Okay. Couple spoilers. One. They originally predicted that it was only gonna kill like twenty to thirty thousand people. That obviously did not end up happening. <laughs> um, I believe at the end of the movie, they said it ended up killing upwards of 500,000 people. Which is very sad. Um, also, my hands down, like, my little, my favorite little detail is that, so half of it is told in black and white, half of it is told in color. 
anything in color is from Oppenheimer's point of view, which shows, which I felt like kind of shows his like moral struggle with it because there wasn't necessarily an a hundred percent right or a hundred percent wrong decision in dropping the bomb. Uh like obviously now it's easy to look back and be like, you killed five hundred thousand people. That's a wrong decision. But at that point, they're like, if we don't drop the bomb on them, they're gonna drop the bomb on us. Exactly. Because they said like in the in it, they were saying Russia was developing one, German Germany was developing one. I mean Heisenberg and Oppenheimer worked together in worked together at some point and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So it was um interesting about that. And then um, the black and white was told from Robert Downey Jr.'s character's point of view, where there was like a black and white to the situation. There was a clear evil, and there was a clear good, which was why his was in black and white. So I thought that was interesting. Okay, that was my thoughts. Barbie was so good. Calista, I for one, I was just so cute. Barbie was so good, and I know Amanda hated it, and I'm like so sad about that. But I'm like not even anymore. Barbie was so good. Okay, I love Barbie. I grew up, I like obsessively watched Barbie growing up. I have so many Barbie movies, like still. Um, I constantly played with Barbie. Barbie was originally this. Barbie was originally like made was inspired by like. Barbie's hair is inspired by like how black hair like grows and works, and it's so interesting. Um, I report on the like creator of Barbie. I love Barbie so much, Calista. And the movie was so fun. Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling were the perfect choices for it. The narrator was so good. It was so cute. It was super fun. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what I wanted to talk about was the reactions to it. Um. A lot of people say it's anti-men. I would need to rewatch it to see it in that with that in mind. But the entire time I was watching the movie, like yes, it was like a little bit of a liberal bias, but I would not say there was anything in it that was necessarily anti-men or anti-women. A lot of people say it was anti-stay-at-home mom, but I completely disagree with that. Um actually it was very the entire point of the movie, like the conclusion of a movie and the movie is the idea that no woman should be should feel that if they don't achieve the most amount of greatness there is to achieve that they are any less of a woman mm-hmm. the theme of the movie was supposed to be if you're stay like if the theme of the movie is if you're stay-at-home mom if you're this or this or this this is that's exactly who you're supposed to be there's no such thing as a perfect woman either, nor should there ever be and that like who you are, your own journey as a woman is the best journey for you. Which I think is something as conservatives and liberals, something we can agree on. Mm-hmm. I like it's a movie. I definitely in the future want to sit down and like show to like my late elementary school daughter and be like, remember this as you're becoming a teenager that you don't need that you don't need to feel like you are a failure as a woman because you're not the first woman to president but you also need to be feel like you're a failure as a woman because you want because you don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh-huh. Like I think there's empowerment in both of that. I mean and like for this to be like an anti-men movie, it, the movie wasn't written for men. Like it doesn't make fun of men in the same way that like a movie for men would make fun of women. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, and I don't think it had like a disgusting amount of disrespect for men. I just don't think it like treated them as like the like 
perfect masculinized this exactly is what should a man be in a story and i wouldn't expect that out of a movie that was made for men like i wouldn't walk into a transformers movie being like wow i thought it was really disrespectful for men that megan fox only had 15 lines Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, so I wasn't like walking into this being like, wow, it's like really disrespectful that like Ken, that Ryan Gosling was kind of supposed to be a bimbo. I don't know. All right. Are we ready to close out this up? Callista, like actually, Callista, what will it take for me to get you to watch Barbie or Oppenheimer? I'm fine with either. I will watch Oppenheimer. I just don't want to watch Barbie. Okay. I don't want to watch Oppenheimer again. I just wanted to pop back in one more time <laughs> before um, we conclude this episode. For one, um, we don't mention what episode we're doing next week. We are doing a, um, our topic is going to be uh, TikTok diet culture and kind of like the toxic side of it. And um, it's a topic that Chris and I actually have quite, like different opinions on so i think it'll be really interesting and make sure you listen to that also i wanted to say about barbie i have seen it two more times since the recording of that episode and even if even i went in like putting myself in the mindset of someone who would think that is anti-man and i still agree with my opinion i think that it does a really good job of exposing like what like toxic femininity is but also what toxic masculinity is and how we can live in that happy medium and i still agree that it's pro you can be anything that you want to be and that you don't need to feel pressured to be some extraordinary like high um powered like businesswoman and you also don't need to be pressured to be like a stay-at-home mom like just be what just be whoever you are destined to be anyways let's finish up this episode Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of I Don't Want to Talk About Politics. We got we went off on a lot of rants this week. Some of them are more fitting than others. Mm-hmm. I like to say we stayed mildly around a topic. Mm-hmm. This conversation went different than I thought it would, but I think it went in a really interesting direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in hearing y'all's feedback on it, especially our male listeners. Check out our Instagram at IDWTAP underscore podcast. Also check out our personal Instagrams at AllieJoy173 and CalistaJ1776. Um, after bothering Calista relentlessly for months, we now have a TikTok. Um, check out our TikTok at IDWTAP underscore podcast. Calista also has a political TikTok now. Um, so make sure you check her out at CalistaJ1776. Have you been getting a good interaction on there? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've been getting quite a bit of 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 Three, two, one. <laughs> You've been getting quite a bit of views on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying, I'm declaring this a double win for Allison because now Calista, now we have a political TikTok, now we have a TikTok, and Calista is on TikTok, which I've said for months that Calista needs to post hers on TikTok because she would get a whole bunch of interactions because for some reason, people are a lot more willing to hate on TikTok and I think that you could do well from some people really hating on you because you get your account exposed. Mm-hmm. 
I am so ready for the day that people start stitching you saying mean things. I'm coming in the comments, just fighting every single person. I'm I'm backing you up. I want someone to call you racist so we can make a TikTok together where I just pop into frame. Yeah. <laughs> I literally have only posted my TikToks on there. Have not really actually done anything besides that, other than the one I sent you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.